BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Today on Legally Us, Priscilla Presley contests Lisa Marie's will as Tom Girardi is charged with wire fraud and embezzlement. Plus, Kanye West is named in a battery investigation. And what is next for Amy Robach and TJ Holmes after they were fired from ABC? We've got that plus so much more on today's Legally Us. Everyone, welcome to Legally Us. I'm Christina. That's, of course, Nima Romani, pres- president of West Coast Trial Lawyers and former federal prosecutor. Hi, Nima. How are you? Hi, Christina. How's it going? Good, good. Lots to get to this week, as always. So let's start with Priscilla Presley, because this is interesting, because she contested daughter Lisa Marie Presley's will following her death. So she filed court documents in Los Angeles on Friday, January 27th, in which she contests that a previously added 2016 amendment featured an invalid signature. The filing alleged that Priscilla and the late singer's former business manager, Barry Siegel, were initially named as co-trustees before a late addition removed their names in favor of her children, Riley and her twin daughter, uh, Riley and her son, Benjamin, Benjamin, who died back in 2020. She alleges that the will stands and that she is the sole trustee of Lisa Marie's estate since her brother died by suicide in July of 2020. Priscilla, however, claims that this portion of the document has issues regarding the authenticity and validity of Lisa Marie's signature. Now, she believes that Lisa Marie's signature on the amendment was forged, noting that the penmanship did not match up. And that the 2016 amendment allegedly was not witnessed or notarized with Priscilla claiming that is it is invalid modification. So what exactly does this mean? Is this in favor of Priscilla or Lisa Marie's daughter? Um, It seems like this is getting kind of messy. Yeah, this is a messy will contest. So you have a couple different wills or amendments. You have a 2010, which puts Priscilla as the trustee. And then you have a 2016, which has Riley as the beneficiary, um, Lisa Marie's daughter. So obviously Riley is going to want the 2016 to control and Priscilla is going to want to have the older will control. So this is the legal standard under California law. For there to be a valid will or an amendment, it has to be signed by the testator. That's Lisa Marie. That's the person who dies. Um, And there has to be two independent witnesses. So that's really all the standard there is. Priscilla's talking about notarization and all these other things. You don't need that. So if and unless Priscilla can prove that that signature was forged or that it wasn't forged, but the signing was not witnessed by two independent witnesses, then the 2016 amendment is going to control and Riley is going to be the beneficiary of Lisa Marie's estate. Right. And will it be hard for her to prove that there were no witnesses there? Well, I mean, the witnesses also have to sign. So the testator has to sign, the witnesses have to sign. So it's really going to be a battle of the experts. They're going to come in and say that 
you know, this is the witness's signature or this was Lisa Marie's signature, but the burden is on Priscilla. She's the one who's challenging the will and she's the one that's trying to get it invalidated and get the older amendment to control. So unless she can meet that burden in probate court, she's going to lose. Right. Why do you think that she wants to have control of this? Obviously, you know, Graceland is uh, a lot of the, um, I guess uh, the ownership of Graceland, I think, is going to Riley and the the granddaughters and uh, things like that. So why do you think Priscilla wants to have control of the will? Christina, when it comes to these legal cases, they usually come down to two things, money and power. And that's what we're seeing here. Right. Um, she Priscilla wants control over the estate. She wants to decide you know, who gets paid. I mean, originally, she was she was the trustee. So she had control. Now, unless. Lisa Marie had an irrevocable trust. And usually these trusts are these trusts are revocable. I mean, she can make changes to it during her lifetime. And apparently that's what happened here. And Priscilla isn't happy about it. Definitely. Um, would Lisa Marie have had to tell her mother that she was amending the will in 2016 or she does not need to know? No. I mean, that's something that it goes back to that revocability. Right. And there's a presumption that these trusts are revocable and that you can make changes to it. Again, you can't have an irrevocable trust. But unless it's very clear that this was an irrevocable trust, and believe me, if it was, Priscilla Wrestley would have told the court that it was irrevocable. Lisa Marie is free and able to make changes up until her death. Could this be taken to court if this does not get uh, figured out? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and really it already is. We're already in probate right. court. So it's a special type of court that deals with these types of cases, you know, will contest as we call it. So there's no jury, but a judge will have to decide, you know, who's right. Is it Priscilla or is it going to be daughter right? Oh, God, hopefully that's it. I mean, the family's going through enough. Hopefully they, they can figure this all out. Um, well, moving yeah. on to Kanye West. Uh, we, he's been a little quiet lately, but um, he has reportedly been named a suspect in a battery investigation after he allegedly ripped a woman's phone out of her hand and threw through it after she refused to stop filming him in the video he notices that he is being followed by a paparazzi after leaving his daughter's basketball game he confronts the woman and it's unclear if we know if she's a paparazzi or simply a fan and he said you didn't have to run up to me like that if i say stop stop with your cameras after she said that she could film him because he's a celebrity he reached into the car grabbed her phone threw it um police were record uh called to the scene and the woman was later seen leaving the sheriff's department and he was later named as a suspect in the battery invest investigation. So obviously he's at fault for taking her phone, throwing her phone, but does she have a right because he's the celebrity to be filming him? Well, it doesn't really matter who he is. What matters is where he is. And it's a public sidewalk. There's no right of privacy in a public sidewalk. Obviously, if it were in his home, you know, he would have a right to either eject her or, or take reasonable action to prevent her from filming him. But it's a public sidewalk. It can be a celebrity. It can be an ordinary person. There's no right of privacy there. It can be a fan, it can be paparazzi. That's why you kind of see them here in L.A. always you know, gathered outside of the biggest mm -hmm. hot spots. They can't go inside necessarily, right? That's private property. But once a celebrity exits the street, could be a restaurant, could be a club, could be a bar. I mean, they're going to get filmed. So mm -hmm. Kanye has no rights. And I, I'm surprised that it's been about a month or so since we've talked about Kanye. Right. You and I, I mean, he stayed out of trouble for a few weeks. I and mean, the question is, though, I mean, knowing that he always gets in trouble, is there going to be a lawyer who's willing to take this case? That's so true. You know, you make a good point. I mean, he's kind of gone through, I'm sure, like everybody at this point. Um, but if he is found guilty in this battery investigation, what could happen to him? Would he ever face jail time? for something like this or would he have to pay the woman um like a settlement or something like that 
Yeah, I mean, there's two possible cases. There's a criminal case, right? Something like this is going to be a misdemeanor in a place like L.A. County. I mean, no one gets charged with a felony for something like this. But, you know, misdemeanor can result in probation, could result in something like anger management mm-hmm. classes for Kanye or counseling. He probably yeah. needs it. Mm-hmm. And then there's always a possibility of a civil lawsuit the victim can file. You know, obviously, her phone might have been damaged, so you have some maybe some property damage there. I don't know really what kind of uh, personal injury or bodily harm that she suffered. But if she did, she could get damages for that as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another day, another Kanye story. So we'll see what happens with this one. Well, you and I have been talking about this for several weeks now, but people are so interested in what is going on with Amy Robach and TJ Holmes now that they have officially exited GMA3. They confirmed it in a statement saying after uh, ABC confirmed it in a statement, sorry, saying after several productive conversations with Amy and TJ about different options, we all agreed it's best for everyone that they move on from ABC. We recognize their talent and commitment over the years and are thankful for their contributions. This, of course, comes after there was photos of them, um, you know, uh, getting a little handsy and they're both married to other people and there was an investigation. So it seems like they are both moving on. So obviously we don't know exactly what happened behind closed doors during this mediation. But, you know, what do you think may, may have happened, hypothetically speaking? Yeah, well, this is something that we've been suspecting for a while, right? I mean, ABC, I mean, uh, Disney is the parent company. They're a pretty family-friendly company. They're not going to like this type of conduct, especially when folks are married. And with respect to TJ, I mean, he committed the cardinal sin. You know, I don't care if you're Bill Clinton, the president of the United States, you're not supposed to have sex with the interns. So reportedly, that's what happened. So we fully expected TJ to be gone. Now there's a question of whether Amy remains because her conduct was a little bit different. But I think ultimately, I think ABC wanted to move on from both of them. You know, last thing you want is any type of scandal for a show like uh, Good Morning America. So I think uh, the network rightfully moved on and we're going to have some uh, fresh blood hosting the show. Totally. If this wasn't an amicable, you know, quote unquote split, do you think that the former anchors can take legal action? Do you foresee that happening? Or do you think that this, their lawyers kind of hashed everything out before this announcement? As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com. There's a couple ways they could have pursued an employment claim. One, if they had an actual employment agreement and it allowed them only fired for cause, for instance, and they could argue that this was a non-cause termination. Now, they would still be terminated, but they maybe would have be owed damages, you know, maybe... Um, the amount that they would have been paid during the duration of their contract. And, you know, so that would be one remedy, a potential contractual Mm -hmm. remedy if there was an employment agreement, but there's also potential violations of employment law, but they have to prove that the termination was for some prohibited reason. Now, TJ raised some issues of um, that. Maybe this was motivated by race. Obviously, if it were, you know, Amy and motivated by gender, Mm -hmm. national origin, religion, those types of things. 
but they would have to prove that the termination was for a wrongful reason. Otherwise, most of the time we're talking about at-will employment, which means the employer can fire the talent and the talent mm-hmm. can quit for really any reason or no reason at all, as long as it's not prohibited. Right. Do you think that they may have had to sign like an NDA on their way out as well to not talk about what kind of went down behind the scenes? I feel like this almost happened with Chris Harrison. If you remember back in the day with when he got fired from The Bachelor, I think they gave him like a big payout, probably had to sign an NDA as well. But do you think that maybe something like that could have happened? I think so. Usually in these types of cases, there's a settlement. The parties don't want to litigate because we know litigation is public. I mean, we've seen it, you know, in all the cases that we've covered here. So there's going to be some sort of settlement agreement. There's going to be some payment, some compromise payment. And in return, that settlement agreement is going to have a couple of important provisions. The first is going to be a confidentiality clause. And the second is going to be a non-disparagement provision. So the parties can't say anything bad about one another. The terms of the settlement are going to be confidential. That allows both parties, the network and the talent, to move on and not say bad things about one another. Yeah, hopefully everybody can just move on from this one. But uh, something tells me we'll be talking about it for quite some time. Um, Let's talk about somebody that we actually haven't talked about in quite a while. But Tom Girardi has been indicted by a federal grand jury for allegedly embezzling more than $15 million from several of his legal clients. Um, They just announced this uh, recently. So he is charged with five counts of wire fraud, a crime that carries a statutory maximum sentence of 20 years in federal prison. As we know, he was once a pretty powerful figure in California's legal system until they forced his law firm into bankruptcy in December of 2020. Um, he is expected to appear on, in court on Monday, February 6th at the United States District Court for arraignment. Of course, he was disbarred back in July of 2022. Now, also charged in this indictment is Christopher Camon. Uh, he was a controller and chief financial officer of Girardi Keys from 2004 to December of 2020. He oversaw the law firm's financial affairs, supervised its accounting department, and oversaw paying the firm's expenses. Um, it alleges that from 2010 to, to 2020, the two of them fraudulently obtained more than $15 million that belonged to Girardi Key's clients. So what does this mean for Tom? You know, he um, has been battling Alzheimer's. And so does that play into anything? I'm surprised. I mean, do we even think that he's going to be making the physical appearance in court um, come Monday? Finally, Christina, this is Mm -hmm. something that we've really been expecting for a while. I mean, California State Bar received hundreds of complaints about Girardi, but because he had such a cozy relationship with Mm -hmm. politicians and members of the bar here in California, they didn't act on it. They didn't act on it for years, and a lot of clients lost a lot of money. So we as lawyers and former prosecutors and civil attorneys here in California have said, what's taken so long? So finally, the Department of Justice stepped up where the state bar did it and went to the grand jury and got an indictment. And because of the amount of the fraud, and it was probably just the tip of the iceberg, uh, Girardi is looking at a lot of time in mm-hmm. federal prison and he's older. And you know, here's, this isn't someone that can do five, 10, 15, 20 years in prison mm-hmm. and he's in poor health. So I expect his attorneys to argue that he is not competent to stand trial. And really the standard is, is he able to help his lawyers in his defense? And if not, he may be held to be temporarily incompetent to stand trial. So we're, we're going to see it. There's going to be doctors. They're going to be examining Tom Girardi, and they're going to have to prepare a report 
and say, is he physically and mentally fit to stand trial? Yeah, that'll be definitely very interesting. So if he's not fit to stand trial, then kind of what happens? Does this just go away? How do the victims get any of this money back? Will they ever see any of this money? Yeah, so Tom, Tom Girardi and his firm, and they filed bankruptcy. There's been lawsuits against Tom and Erica Jane uh, where people have tried to get money, but I've, I don't think they will. I mean, a lot of this money has been spent. Um, I think to the extent that the victims do recover, they're probably getting pennies on the dollar. Now, with respect to the competence, someone can be held temporarily incompetent, but then what the, the court and the doctors will do is maybe put them on, on some sort of medication, try to restore them to competency. It's not a get out of jail free. Right. Uh, it's something that the, the courts and the judge in the case will follow to see if and when Tom Girardi will be restored to competence, because that's the ultimate goal for him to become competent so he can sit with his lawyers before a judge and jury and stand trial. Mm -hmm. Is it interesting that more people weren't charged in this? Or do you think that these were just the two people that were involved? Obviously, Erica Jane's name has been, you know, Erica Girardi's name has been thrown around for so many years now as well in all this. So does this clear her from everything? I don't think so. This may mm -hmm. just be the first shoe mm -hmm. to drop. Um, obviously, we all believe that Tom Jordy is the most culpable, but I mean, he had a relationship with a lot of people. He had a large law firm. And the question is, did other people help participate in this fraud? Who else benefited from the tens of millions of dollars that were stolen and not stolen from anyone? These were victims who lost a family member's mm -hmm. wrongful death claim or who were seriously injured. They've, they've already suffered you know, a, a horrendous event. And then, then what happens? Their lawyer steals from them. So these are very vulnerable victims. There may have been others who participated in this really elaborate fraud scheme. So there may be other criminal charges coming forward as well. Right. Do you foresee this being a long trial process? I think so. I mean, obviously, Tom Jordy is a lawyer. Right. Um, so he has, he knows the our civil and criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. He has access to lawyers and I expect, just like there's been such a long delay, for his lawyers to continue to try to delay this case, whether it's through competency or some other ground. So it's really kind of a question of, of not when, but if Tom Girardi will be forced to stand trial. Well, we will be following it every single step of the way. Nima, thank you so much for breaking it all down, as always. Christina, thanks for having me. I'll see you next week.